Hello, my friends. Welcome back to season four of Living Well While Living Online, which is a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. I am your host, Tammy Riley, and I wanted to start this season off with a conversation that is just you and I. I am of course, curating some amazing, amazing guests and collecting all of those. And we will be delivering another fabulous season to you shortly. But I just wanted to spend a little bit of time, you and I together, talking about um, the idea of self-care, maybe a little more strategically for you personally where you are right now, and to also bring up the idea of self-love. And just a reminder to all of you that while I named this Living Well While Living Online, I certainly recognize that not all of us were during the pandemic completely online, nor are we now. However, I think our lives are changed (laughs) because of this um, situation and where we went virtually. And even if you're not completely online or doing your job online, there's still elements of this that have affected you deeply. I know for myself in the in the fitness industry, there is no way that virtual fitness is not going to continue to grow and expand, even though right now we have the ability to be in person. And so I recognize and I want to make sure that even if you're not living your life online, that you know that there is something that you can benefit from from this podcast. So just to reframe where all of this began, the pandemic hit and I, myself, like many of us, were riding the roller coaster of what to do on a daily basis, of feeling untethered, of doing too much and doing not enough, of being overly motivated and unable to produce, of burning the candle at both ends with being on Zoom calls and on your computer all the time because we have no boundary to maybe not even being able to open the computer and log into work at all. And with all of that, I think many of us have really taken a step back and looked at and assessed how we care for ourselves um, with a little more intentionality. I would like to say that I think in the industry, you know, I'm in fitness and well-being, in the industry as well as in the world, what we hear about, what we're focused on, um, it is our overall well-being. We are bringing to the forefront not just our physical health, but our mental and emotional health as well. We now recognize that we need to put a little more thought into what we do and how we can help ourselves be the best version of us on a daily basis. And let's recognize for a moment how hard that really is. To quote one of my very favorite people in the world right now, Glennon Doyle, we can do hard things. Um, Yes, we can, but we also with that statement are acknowledging that most of what we do is hard. It is. Uh, I think too, now in, in these times, simple tasks or things that seemed simple to us have so much more weight. Um, Maybe there's extra steps involved, definitely extra thought. You know, we're still, depending on where you live in the country and in the world, skating around rules and regulations and different protocols that keep coming up and, and are around. So it's certainly not easy to do the things that we took for granted um, before. 
I want you to just take for a second, a little minute, I'm, I'm going to give you a little pause, a little moment of silence, and I want you to really think about what your definition of self-care is for you, right? And that's the thing. If you do listen to this podcast, we have self-care conversations. And for each of the guests, there is something different that comes up. Now, while there's many things that are similar, um, there's also differences. So right now, what does it mean for you um, to practice self-care or to have a self-care practice? Okay. So maybe you have a pure definition. Maybe you ran through a full bu- a few bullets. Um, perhaps you even had a piece of paper or a napkin nearby and you actually jotted a few things down. Um, regardless of what was going on in your head, we'll move the conversation forward. Um, I don't have the answer, right? I don't have a definition for you today. I'm, I'm not here to give you one. Um, I think it's personal, right? And I know for me, how I need to feel, but I need to make sure that you, my listeners, are thinking about what you need to use as your definition, how you want self-care to make you feel and what it will do for you personally. Now, if we think about what, like the actual tasks or um, practices of self-care, again, those vary so greatly. And you've heard some amazing tips and tricks uh, in the last three episodes of this podcast, if you've been a follower. If not, then I highly suggest you go back and listen to some of the previous episodes because I have had some brilliant guests on. But again, those are ideas and suggestions that have worked for them personally. And you might hear one and think, oh, I would never do that. Oh, eyes rolling back in the head. That would never work for me. And I think it's important for you to listen to that, right? Because if it's not going to work for you, if it's not something that fits you and your lifestyle and your personality, it will not become a practice or a habit. It will not become routine. It will not be sustainable. And that's what I really want you to be thinking about right now. So what do you do, you, my listener, what do you do to take care of yourself on a daily basis? Like what is your self-care? And again, you might be able to jot a list down. You might be running through things in your head. Those can vary from the simple, right? I say simple and and when I say that it's in air quotes because we recognize that on some days they're the hardest things to do, but I'll say the simple tasks of showering, brushing your teeth, taking care that you're putting on clean clothes, maybe you even iron them, like taking the time to actually iron something for yourself, that is true self-care. That's self-love. I don't know about you, but I'm just content putting something wrinkly on. Um, So when I take a step back and I actually iron something on a given day, it really changes how I feel about myself. So simple tasks, things that we grow up thinking are our daily habits, routines, ritual, the hygiene, 
right? The hygiene. Um, But every time you do one of those acts, it is something you are doing for yourself. So it's absolutely caring for you, right? So we have those daily, maybe more simple practices. And then I think we have some that we put more thought into, right? So maybe brushing your teeth isn't even self-care for you because it would be a non-negotiable that you would never not do it. But what would some of those little extras be? Perhaps it's when you're making dinner for just yourself that you actually put the time, attention, and love into it as if you were serving a large dinner party or maybe your family if they were around. Perhaps your idea of treating yourself right is taking yourself out for an afternoon all alone. Maybe it's a drive to your favorite place, just driving by the beach if it's cold in the winter, or maybe even stopping and putting your feet in the sand if the day is nicer. Maybe it's sitting in your backyard with a book and a cup of coffee and turning your phone off. I definitely think turning our screen time down is one way we really can show ourselves we care. I don't know. I mean, the list is endless, right? But these are things that I've mentioned right now that don't really cost you anything, right? So we could absolutely do things that are even a little more, we'll say extravagant, like getting a massage, which feels amazing, or a manicure, a pedicure, taking yourself shopping, right? All of those things can also be self-care, but they require the means, right? You have to be able to pay for them and treat yourself in that way, which, you know, sometimes we can do, but but not always. Uh, I also think there are things that we have to have out there that are things we dream about, ways that we want to take care of ourselves, um, self-with, or things that we do want to practice, but would take that extra time or financial responsibility or arrangement, right? So for example, if you have a job and a family, maybe it's difficult for you to take vacation time and go away alone. Oh my goodness. But wouldn't that be a treat to take yourself on a retreat? So it could be a goal. I don't know. That's that's mine. <laughs> I've led retreats. I have yet to really take myself on one. And I did decide that that was something that I thought I needed to do. And it is finding the right time. Sometimes you have the window of time and then you don't have the money. Sometimes you might have the money, but you don't have the window of time. And sometimes you don't have either. And so these are things that could take a while, but they're like anything, a goal or an aspiration, something we're going to try to work in because it would really show ourselves a whole different level of appreciation and care. So in your mind, as you're just thinking of your self-care things, I want you to think about those things that you might do already on a daily basis that you are not acknowledging that show yourself that care, right? the little things that we do, the routines. And then maybe things that we sprinkle in during the day, during the week, over the course of months that are extra, right? Extra special, whatever that is. Um, Again, for some people, it's time with music, a concert, or playing songs you like, kitchen dance parties by yourself. I mean, literally, the sky is the limit. Having that list, that's attainable. And having a little bit of a list 
That's a wish list. We can absolutely have a self-care wish list, just like we have a wish list for anything else that's out there. And with these levels, right? I'm going to say they're kind of levels of self-care. Um, it's really important that we have them somewhere, right? We've written them down. Some of you are journalers. Maybe some of you just have a piece of paper nearby. Um, but these goals, I, I find that the process works best um, if we really are intentional with each step. And when I say the process, I'm asking you to think about them. So that's where we are today to start. I've asked you to think about your definition and to think about the things you do. So absolutely, thinking is where it all begins. But I think even for our own selves, we start to take it a little more seriously. We start to own it a little bit more once we write it down. We put it on paper and we see it, right? And we don't see it and then crumple it in the trash and throw it away, never to be found again. We write it down and put it in a place that we may glance at every day, every couple days, when we take out that journal or look in that special place. And then I think the third piece of all of this is finding someone to share that idea or thought with. I think when we keep these ideas to ourselves, it's harder to make them come to fruition. The idea of accountability can be really powerful. So I'm not saying that you even have to say to your best friend, I'm going to do this by this day or else, and you have to hold me accountable. But just saying it out loud to someone is very powerful, right? Very powerful. I really want to do this for myself, or we can change that want to I am. That's where we really start to see the magic. I am going to do this, or I am in the process of making this happen. So I challenge you as you think about all of the ways that you care for yourself or need to care for yourself, that you do take a moment to think about it, to write it down, and to find someone to share it with, whoever that is. If you need to send me an email, you absolutely can send that to me, tammy.riley at quinnipiac.edu. I can help hold you accountable. Or at least just be the keeper of what you want to share. It definitely helps. I recognize too that with a lot of these ideas, there are barriers, right? And we know that. So perhaps when you're thinking about the things you want to do or are aspiring to do, you think about the things that are in the way, the obstacles. Because without recognizing them, we might not never be able to get around it. So for example, if it is a financial burden or a time burden, um, having the person to do something with X, Y, Z, because you need a partner to do this, or whatever it is that you're creating, thinking about the barrier to it and writing that down can then help you to take a step back and to try to brainstorm ways that you might be able to work around it, or at least to give yourself time to put the pieces in place to move through that. And, and I know that those are difficult, right? We definitely live in times where we have much financial responsibility and we certainly cannot be frivolous, but I'm going to ask you to remind yourself that your self-care 
is not something that's frivolous. Your self-care is not something that you should feel guilty about prioritizing, and that could be in any way, shape, or form, whether it's financial, with your time commitment, or just with the intent that you put into it. So acknowledging barriers that exist can be really powerful. And and they're out there. We know that they exist. So just going through that, perhaps this is just setting a little spark inside of yourself so that you could really go through and create your own self-care list. And then I'm hoping that as you listen to our episodes, you might hear things that you can apply to your list, things that you never thought of, but you might want to give a try that could work for you as well. Or maybe some guests are sharing some of the ways that they've worked around the obstacles or barriers that they've had. And that's always the genius in all of this, right? You listen to countless podcasts, people having conversation, people chatting and talking. Why? So that you can hopefully hear something that will spark in your heart what you need to do. We get ideas, inspiration. It's how people change careers. It's how you meet other goals that you have in life, right? These are all so important. So don't stop listening and don't stop adding to your list. I encourage you to continue that process for as long as you are able. That's a lifetime. And please recognize that self-care will shift and change as you do. Things that I need now at my age, at this time in my life, are very different than what I might have needed 30 years ago. So self-care, even for our own selves, is not always a one-size-fits-all. As we age, as we evolve, as life happens around us, our self-care needs will be adjusted and tweaked to really um, suit where we are in the moment. So please recognize that as well. Perhaps the self-care practices that you have aren't really serving you or giving you everything that you need based on where you are right now. So I ask you to assess, to evaluate, and to continue. In anything that you do, right, if we're testing something, if you're taking a test I don't know, a stress test, right? A baseline. We always go back. We have something to compare it to, but we have retesting, right? So it's that same analysis, that same bird's eye view. So always be looking back. Is this serving me? And how can I tweak or change to really get what I need? I love that. So I'm hoping you're going to make some time for that. Uh, In the meantime, I want to just make sure that you have a few things that you can begin to think about. Um, These definitely are self-care, but also as we start to move into the idea of a little more self-love, they often fall into that category as well. So I want you to think about how often you are prioritizing yourself. How often do you give yourself a break from judgment? Are you trusting yourself? Are we setting boundaries, right? Are we really saying no when we should? 
or are you still saying yes to things that really are not serving you? Are you being nice to yourself? Are you able to forgive yourself? And are you accepting yourself as you are in this moment? Just simmer on those for a little bit. And we'll transition to the idea of self-love. But really, when we think about self-care, it's about having a relationship, right? A relationship, but it's a relationship with myself built on trust and loyalty. Trusting yourself to have your own back. So important. The idea of meeting myself where I am, liking who you are, and caring ferociously for who you are, right? We can't always depend on someone from the outside to give us the care or even the love that we'd like. So really important that we are tuning in and thinking about what loving ourselves means. And some days I forget what it is to be gentle with myself how to look at myself with kind eyes and speak to myself with soft words. Forget that I am my home and a temple worthy of worship. And that is from Becca Lee, who I found online. I loved that quote. It's just something really special about that idea, being the temple of your own worship. Okay. So thinking about that idea of self-love, of defining that for ourselves as well. Are we really taught to love ourselves? I've been thinking about that. I mean, especially, you know, I think about myself where I am in this day and age. Did somebody teach me this? And if they did, was it intentional? Was it, this is how you love yourself? Was it subconsciously, right? unintentionally, by example, which is certainly how we learn to do most things in life, right? I'm thinking that's, for me, how it happened. And then I think as a mother, did I teach my children how to love themselves? So I think I did, but did I say it or did I lead by example? Did I do both? I honestly thinking about this, looking back, I'm not sure. So if I can't think of having this conversation with my kids, my goodness, am I missing out? I mean, since I've had this podcast, I definitely think the conversation has come to light more. And you've met my daughter, if you've listened. Um, She is always been really good at self-love and practicing that. But I don't think I actually taught her I think I was intentional with things that were important to me around self-care. I think who she is recognized that that self-care definitely was the bud to blossom the idea of self-love. And because she felt comfortable in the environment around us as family and was confident, she had the confidence to love herself and was never shamed for that. 
I don't speak to my son about this as much. So I need to have that conversation. And I need to because I think that we need to be more vocal in these ideas than we are. I do, right? I'm hoping this generation grows up with self-care and self-love at the tip of their fingers, right? That the conversations are there, that they're hearing it from people they love, that it's being role modeled, and then they get to practice. I think from what I see in the industry shift and where we are in the world today, that we're getting better at that, right? That it's definitely on the forefront. So I'm trying to examine to see when my grandchildren are born, my palms are together, I'm looking up to the sky, I can't wait. When my grandchildren are born, that I can be more intentional with this conversation and to really assure that they are on track to make this a normal, everyday, regular part of their life, where this is how they are able to live their best life and thrive. For most of us, it's triage. We've waited too long. We've broken down. Things have gone awry. We're sick. We're sick and tired. And then we need to re-examine and rebuild and relearn. And while we know we can, right? We can. We can always adapt to new things. We also recognize that it's hard. It's hard. So why can't I make it easier for my grandchildren, right? That's my thought. Oh my goodness. And again, we can do hard things. So as you think about your self-love, what are ways that you can now think about with intention, ways that you can give yourself more love? And it's going to be so many things that you come up with and each of you so different. But one thing that I think is very valuable is the self-talk. And we definitely discuss this in the podcast when I ask my guests, how are you at being your own best friend? And oftentimes that's relating back to the inner dialogue, the self-talk that we have. And I think that self-love can begin with that change in our self-talk. Maybe you get up each and every day and there is a beautiful quote or mantra or word or phrase, whatever it is staring you in the face that you repeat, that is about your love and who you are going to be on this day. A pep talk that we've prepared that we can pull out of our pocket when we notice that that inner critic is taking over. The mantra, the word, the phrase that we go to that become what we cling to in the moments where we recognize that we are overjudging or beating ourselves up and not showing ourselves the love that we need and deserve. Let's also recognize that this is not, you know, sugarcoating it, that we're never making mistakes, that we're always perfect. Um, Perfect isn't what we're striving for, 
right? And even in the idea of self-care and self-love, you know, it's really hard to keep that wheel balanced and spinning at all times. So we recognize derailment will happen. We recognize that we will have moments of untruth to ourselves and to others. But the idea is to step back, right? To be aware, to acknowledge, and to continue to grow forward. To me, it's it's like how we teach someone to meditate, right? We know meditation is so difficult and mindfulness is so difficult. Um, it's coming back to the point, right? So we do these things and we let them derail us and our mind takes us on these loops and spirals for days on end. When we get derailed, we come back to the point. And the point is to be a better version of ourselves, right, for us. And then then that trickles out to the rest of the world, right? It starts from within side. So I don't want to make it seem like any and all of this is just easy and ideal idyllic. It is not. <laughs> it is definitely not. Otherwise, we would not be here having this conversation. There wouldn't be other podcasts having these conversations. There would not be articles and research, right? This is where we are now. It is not easy. But we're going to get derailed and we're going to come back to the point. And right now when we're talking about self-love, the point is about us. So we will get derailed. We'll come back to the point. So having your go-to list is what I'm asking you to do. Maybe creating your self-love pep talk, the thing you can pull out when you really start to go off-road. Off having that person that you share some of this with that can help share the space, share the load, acknowledge. I mean, I've said accountability. I almost hate to use that word in that we're accountable to ourselves. But I know that that saying it out loud and that sharing it, it helps us to hear it as well. It starts to resonate. And within that sharing, I think it becomes more real. So it is my hope that you find ways to continue to strive to love and care for yourself. That is really all we can do as human beings, especially in this trying time. And I think if we do that authentically and for the right reasons, that it only makes the rest of our relationships that much better. So think about how you can ripple and emanate out all the care and love you give yourself to all of the other things in your life. It will happen. I promise. I'm going to leave us with one more little quote that I had found, and this is by Shamil Dad. I apologize if I am not pronouncing this correctly. It says, and now it is time to put yourself first. Let go of all the bad times. Switch off the negativity. Focus on your goals. Reach for the moon. Do whatever pleases you. You are the master of your own destiny. And so my friends, it has been a pleasure to have conversation with you here on Living Well While Living Online, which is a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. Thank you to the executive producer, David DeRoche, to my producer on campus, Renette Chaffeau, to social media guru, Lawrence Gupo and to Scott Holmes for the theme music. You can listen to all of our Quinnipiac University podcasts on the platform or app of your choice. 
you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at QUPodcasts. And please feel free to send us a note at QUPodcasts at QU.edu. So until next week, my friends, be intentional, breathe deep, and learn to be your own best friend.